Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, Fusion. Good evening. It is good to see you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Worshiping Jesus. 16 people just got baptized tonight. That's a huge deal. Some of you, I want to explain to you why we even do that. Because uh, some of you guys might not understand why we would take that chunk of time to baptize that many people in front of you guys. Let me let you know, as we're in here talking about the kingdom, we believe that the kingdom is priority. And Jesus said, all who believe and are baptized will show these signs that we talked about last week. Baptism comes right along with salvation. And we talked about in the first message how salvation is entrance into the kingdom of God. So as we are here talking about the kingdom of God, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to be about it and we want to celebrate it. Amen. There is, I know that a lot of us are coming here for uh, our own experience. A lot of us, we, we want to get in here, we want to worship, and we want to hear a message, and that's what we want for ourselves. And a lot of us are coming in with great intentions, and we want to encounter God, but I want to just teach you guys about the opportunity you have to come in humility and honor, and then understand that when you do that, and when you celebrate what God is doing, and when you sacrifice some of your time that you could have been worshiping, that you could have been hearing from God and you celebrate what God is doing in people's lives, God is going to give you what you need. Amen? Because there's still a word tonight. And worship was pretty good, wasn't it? Right. Okay. So uh, if you haven't been here, we've been in a series called Kingdom. In short, we've been talking about how Jesus Christ, who we come here and gather for, who we come here to encounter, who we come here to talk about, to discuss, to study, and to meet and to engage with, he did not come and announce a new religion. He came and announced the arrival of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ never came and said, hey, I have a new religion for everybody. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And being that that's how he wrapped up his message, and that's how he summarized the message of the good news, the gospel, I thought that it would be important for us to understand what that means. Does that make sense? So what we've been learning, we started on October 1st, and we learned that uh, salvation is entrance into the kingdom of God. The arrival of the kingdom is good news. However, we have to choose a side because there are only two sides. There is a kingdom of darkness, and there is a kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it's only coming. He's only coming. He's only coming to arrive to fix what has been broken. So the arrival of the kingdom of God fixes what is broken, corrects what is wrong. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do when we fell away as humanity from relationship with God by sin and disobedience. A just God, a just, fair God has to have 
righteousness, has to have laws, has to have right, has to have wrong. And when we disobeyed, there had to be consequences for that. That same God said, you know what, I'm going to come and I'm going to pay the consequences so that you can have relationship freely and you can be a part of the kingdom of God. Also, we learn that Jesus Christ has all authority. And that's a huge thing to understand when you're talking about a kingdom because a king operates very differently than what we're used to seeing operate. We're, we're very used to democracy and government by the people. We're used to having things our way. We're used to getting to vote. However, God is perfect, so he doesn't really need a majority opinion or our input to decide what's right. He already knows because he created it all. A kingdom is the domain of a king. And he created everything, so everything is his, in his domain. Amen? Okay. Also, we learned that Jesus has given us authority. And that's what we talked about last week. We talked about the fact that Jesus came and said, all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. And he gave us authority. He said, I've given you authority to trample on demonic spirits and over all the power of the enemy. And we talked about how to actually exercise that authority last week. Did anybody appreciate that message? Has anybody been praying a little bit differently? I hope so, because I know I have. Tonight, I want to talk about what could get in the way of us fully immersing ourselves in the kingdom, coming into full relationship with the king, uh, something that vies for our attention and for our affections, and that is the search for fulfillment. And I want to talk about that tonight because there is one thing that every single person on the planet has in common, that we all have in common. We are all searching. That's what a lot of stuff comes down to. We see different opinions. We see people, you know, social media gives a lot of us a platform to broadcast our search. But when you look at it through the lens of everybody is searching, a lot of times you'll be able to have compassion even on people's ignorance. And on the way that people approach certain things, we are all searching for something. And so what we see in, I've talked about it a couple times, but somebody named Maslow put together something called a hierarchy of needs that a lot of us still use these days to understand the human psychology. And though this is a secular scientist, this study on humanity, I think, is actually very accurate uh, and describes very well how God designed us. We actually have an image that we're going to put up, and I'm just going to go over this really quickly. We all have needs, and so all of us are really searching to meet our needs. Our needs start as basic needs, physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest, Safety needs, security and safety, belongingness and love needs. We need intimate relationships, friends. We have esteem needs. And this is a hierarchy. So I'm starting from the foundation of what we need. And once we get, thank you, once we get one of these, we then move to the next level. So once you have your physiological needs met, then you need safety. Once you have your physiological needs and your safety needs met, then you want belongingness and love. After that, Esteem. You want prestige and a feeling of accomplishment. And after that, you want self-fulfillment. This is ultimately what a lot of us are looking for. 
that is the pinnacle of what a lot of us uh, are looking for. We're looking to achieve our full potential self-actualization. We have fulfillment needs. And what we see among humanity is we're all searching to fulfill these needs, but where we differ is how we search for them, where we search for them, and the paths that we go down. And so I want to pray for us tonight, and then I want to dive into the word and see what God has to say about this. Father, we thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for your word. We treasure your word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just speak right now, Lord. Speak to our innermost being. Speak to the places that nobody else can speak to. Jesus, open our eyes and give us revelation for who you are and who we are. Lord, give us an understanding of your kingdom. Open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts. Decrease me and increase in me, Lord. Anoint me to preach your gospel. Lord, we love you, and we look forward to hearing what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want us to start. You guys know I, I like to talk about the Bible, right? I hope if you're coming here to church, you're expecting to hear the Bible because I don't have anything great for you, but the Bible does. The Word of God does. I believe it's a perfect guide for us. It is the perfect Word of God, and just about everything you're looking for can be found. I want us to start in Deuteronomy 4, and if you're taking notes, I want you to well, I want you to continue taking notes. If you're not taking notes, I want you to take notes. It's really what I was going to say. We're starting in Deuteronomy 4, and I would love if you guys, and it would serve you very well, if you go, would go back and study these scriptures after I mention them, because there is revelation in these that God will bring you. There's power in the word of God. So Deuteronomy 4, 28 through 29 God is talking to the Israelites and, and talking about what he's, he had brought them out of Egypt and he's telling them really the plan that he's laying out, how he wants to bring them into the promised land. Um, but he says something interesting. He says, there you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. But if from there you seek the Lord, your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So what we have here is God saying, hey, I just rescued you. I'm building relationship with you. I have a great destination for you, but here's what I know is gonna happen at some point. I know you're gonna start searching for fulfillment in places that can't give it to you. Because we, we read this here and a lot of us are not worshiping gods of stone and of wood, but we're worshiping gods of a more digital kind, or uh, when we're talking about worshiping a God, we're, we're talking about who has authority in your life. Um, actually, the word that he uses there, when he says seek, is the word darash, and it means to seek, to resort to, or to inquire about. And so he's saying that I know that on your search for fulfillment, you'll be seeking some things that can't give you the fulfillment that you're looking for. Some of us are seeking a relationship at all costs, even if it can't give us the fulfillment that we're looking for because we have needs. And so some of us are seeking a career change, maybe in an area that we're not called to, maybe in an area that we're not gifted in, but we are seeking the paycheck because we have needs. 
We want to see this self-actualization take place. We have needs, and we're going to search, and we're going to seek, and we're going to try to find what's going to meet these needs. And now, in this day and age, in their time, the people that God was speaking to, they were going into a land where it was popular to worship idols, to worship little statues that they had made, and then they called them gods. And God would kind of roast them throughout the Bible, like these statues that you made with your hand, you're worshiping them and calling them a god. And that's why he says you'll worship gods of wood and stone who can't see, who can't hear, but you're going to worship them. Knowing full well that these will not give you the fulfillment that you're looking for. But he's saying that he knows we're going to be on this search. He understands humanity. He knows that we all have these deep desires and needs and we go down different paths to find them. Then he says, I know you're going to do that. But if from there, if from your ignorance, if from your bad decisions, if from your wrong path, if from that broken relationship, if from maybe that bad career choice, if from there, you will seek the Lord your God. You'll seek me. You will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. And so God is saying he understands we're all searching. We're all searching. You, my friend, are searching. You and I, we're both searching. Where we differ is where we're searching. We're both searching for fulfillment, but what differs is the path that we go down. And so as we see that this word means to seek, to resort to, or to inquire about. Um, That's the concept that I want to focus on tonight, and I would ask you, what are you seeking? Not, Not just the idea by saying, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm seeking God. No, if I were to just not have a conversation with you, but just look at your life, what's the conclusion that I would come to about what you're seeking, what you resort to, and what you inquire about most. Because if just, I mean, even if you're on your daily quiet time for a good five to ten minutes, that's not necessarily inquiring the most. You're inquiring, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean that God, his kingdom, is what you're inquiring about most. And I would present to you today that if Jesus Christ becomes who you're seeking, who you resort to, and who you are inquiring about most, you will find the fulfillment you're looking for. You'll find it. We started off this series looking at the early church. We were looking at these letters written. One of them was from a Roman governor to an emperor trying to figure out how to deal with the Christians in his district. What do you do with them? And he's saying that he's been violently persecuting them, torturing them, but they are so stubborn, they won't deny Jesus. So what would make these people who are facing all these persecutions forfeit all of their needs for Jesus. It's the revelation that Jesus is king. That what he said is going to happen is actually going to happen. 
that when he says that he has eternal life, that he actually has it. And so that's what would make somebody say, you can kill me. Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but fear God who can kill the body and kill the soul. It's an understanding of who Jesus is. And that same Jesus who said, fear God, also said that God loves you so passionately. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, only son, to die so that we could have a relationship with him. That's what would cause somebody to forfeit what looks like would meet their needs and follow Jesus. I would say what you are seeking daily is the most telling evidence of what you believe about the kingdom of God. You don't get to that place without having a real relationship, without having some real understanding, without really seeking God. If you have just this cultural Christianity or an affiliation with the church, an affiliation with the name of Jesus, but no real relationship with him, that's not going to translate very well to your life. And it's not necessarily going to resonate with you. And persecution probably wouldn't last too long for you. But a relationship with Jesus is going to breed a different type of person. It's going to breed some change. And so as we've been talking about um, Jesus being king, I want us to take some time tonight to look at his early life before he got there. Um, and the title of tonight's message is Seek, Find, Serve. And we're going to start by looking at what Jesus is seeking, what he found, and what he chose to do with the information that he found. In Luke 2, 46 through 52, Jesus is really young here, a kid. They said probably like 12 years old. Um, his family goes to this festival, and after they, his family leaves the festival, this is actually a festival that, like, the whole town would go to. So as the whole town is walking to this festival, extended family, friends, all of that, they walk to the festival, and then they're walking back. Now, after a while, Jesus' parents realize that Jesus isn't around. So some of us have probably read this story and been like, how... We're just a few people walking, and they didn't realize Jesus was there, wasn't there. Well, it was like a whole town of people walking from this festival. So after like a whole day's walk, Mary, Jesus' mother, realized that he wasn't there. She goes into a panic, and it says, After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his, at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. <laughs> <laughs> Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. 
So if we're looking at the son of God come to earth and he's the perfect model of what life should actually look like. I think that it would be wise for us to study what he's doing early on in his life, way before he starts his ministry and all the miracles and raising the dead and all the things that we talk about. Early on, what is he doing? Jesus starts by seeking wisdom. You can leave that up there for a second. I want us to be able to really let this sink in. Jesus started by seeking wisdom. Where are you starting? In your search for fulfillment. Jesus started by seeking wisdom. We're all searching. This is my advice to you and what I believe the word of God teaches us about our search, that we should start by seeking wisdom. Step one to kingdom purpose, seek wisdom. In Job 28, it's interesting. I highly suggest reading the book of Job. It's very, very challenging. It's eye-opening. It's awesome. Job says, There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. So he's saying all these things can be found here on the earth. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. Where then does wisdom come from? And I've skipped a couple verses. I suggest you go back and read all of Job 28. I condensed it for time's sake. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. And he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord That is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. So what he's saying is wisdom is not something that we inherently have. Wisdom is not something that we can just go searching for and find anywhere. Wisdom is not found anywhere on the earth and in no living being naturally. Wisdom cannot be found outside of God. Jesus started by seeking wisdom, the most powerful person to ever live. The actual son of God started by seeking wisdom. If we understand this, this will transform our lives because a lot of us are just seeking the next step in our career. We're seeking the next bump in the paycheck. We're seeking more followers, more influence. We're seeking more information and knowledge, and we're missing wisdom. You can know a ton and not have any wisdom. The smartest people on the planet are some of the most ignorant. People who spend their entire lives 
searching for information can be some of the most ignorant because they don't know what to do when they find it. They don't know what to do with it. Some of the most brilliant people on this planet, we talked about it a few months ago, how Steve Jobs on his deathbed started realizing that all he had accomplished meant nothing when he was about to die. So Jesus, with an eternal understanding, didn't start by seeking status. He didn't start by seeking influence. He didn't start by seeking anybody but God himself. He was found in the temple asking questions. Some of y'all would have been in there trying to teach. Some of y'all can barely listen to what I'm saying because you want to come up here and teach me. It's the reality of what a lot of us deal with when we don't understand the importance of humility and seeking wisdom. Because all that information that you want to give to everybody, without wisdom behind it, it's not going to do anything. But God will give you wisdom. And wisdom will open so many doors for you. Later in uh, Job 32, 8, somebody says, Elihu says, but it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the almighty that gives them understanding. You can have knowledge and not have understanding. You can read every book on the planet and have no understanding. The people who countered Jesus the most, the people who crucified him were the experts in scripture. It wasn't the regular populace that crucified Jesus. It was the Pharisees, the experts and the teachers of the word of God who had no understanding to understand that Jesus was who the word of God was talking about. That he was the author of the scriptures. That he was the fulfillment of the law they studied day in and day out. They couldn't see it because they did not have wisdom. It's so important that we get wisdom so that we don't waste our time. Your time is precious. This is precious time. We don't get a lot of it. In the book of Psalms, David says to God, teach us to number our days. Teach us about the brevity of life, how brief life is, so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. Precious time. What are we going to spend it seeking? Are we just going to try to jump to the top of that hierarchy of needs and seek fulfilling our potential without knowing where the source of our potential is? God is the source of our potential. Jesus Christ is king, has authority over all, and is the source of everything that you need. Everything that we need is found in him. We have to start by seeking wisdom. And when you seek wisdom, you'll find purpose. So one of the things that we're actually going to do as a congregation, before I even get into this, this next point, 
as you, I believe wholeheartedly, as you seek wisdom, you'll find purpose. So one of the things that we're going to do as a ministry, as fusion, is we're going to come together and seek some wisdom together. Starting on November 1st, for 30 days, the month of November has 30 days, we are going to study the Bible together. That's cool. We're going to spend 30 days in the book of Acts. And so as we have been studying about the arrival of the kingdom, we're going to take some time to study together how it played out. After Jesus came, announced the arrival of the kingdom, paid our entire debt so we could have relationship with him, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, then sent the Holy Spirit to the church. Let's see what happened. It'll teach us a lot about what we should be doing with our lives, what the heart of God is for us as his church. And so on November 1st, we're going to start that. You can follow us on Instagram because that's, that's where a lot of it is going to be happening through. You can follow it. It's very easy. We're going to be doing a chapter a day. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. We're going to take two days off for Thanksgiving and Black Friday because I know how y'all do. <laughs> and... <laughs> So it's very simple. For each day of the month, we're going to be in a chapter of the book of Acts. And except for Thanksgiving and Black Friday, I still suggest that y'all uh, study on those days. But I understand, man. A lot of us will be spending time with family or friends or whoever. Uh, some of y'all are going to be shopping. I get it. Getting a new, I don't know, TV, washer, dryer. Do your thing. So, yeah, hey, you'd be surprised. Washers and dryers on sale. Tip. All right. So... We're going to be doing that because I believe I, we're not just trying to talk about it. We're trying to do this and be about it. And so for 30 days. So I suggest you follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. That's at Fusion ATL. Follow us. And starting on Friday, November 1st, we're going to start in the book of Acts. And I believe that as we seek wisdom, we will find purpose. This is what I think is so important for us to understand. We live in a generation that is chasing purpose. So many of us have made purpose our God instead of seeking God for our purpose. Hey, you, yeah, all right. But seriously, a lot of us have made purpose our God instead of seeking God for our purpose, and we have it so backwards. As we seek the wisdom of God, we'll find purpose. Purpose is not a destination. It's not something for us to pursue or chase. As we're seeking wisdom, we will continually encounter purpose. You will continually encounter purpose in your pursuit of God, the source of wisdom. As you're seeking wisdom, wisdom makes you useful by God. That's where purpose is found. When you are useful, but so many of us think our usefulness is in our gift or our talent. Your talent and your gift is only useful if you have wisdom. But without the wisdom of God, we are not very useful. And the more wisdom you have, the more useful you are. It's very simple. Um, in Proverbs 19.21, he says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's a very important thing to understand when it comes to the kingdom. 
the person who's in charge is going to get done what he wants to get done. The king is going to accomplish his purposes. So a lot of times we can make plans in our heart with great intentions. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So what if you were close enough to God, hearing enough from God, that your plans were his purpose? Instead of wondering if your plans are his purpose. So many of us are sitting around wondering, hey, man, is this plan I'm doing? God, is this you? God, is this you? God, is this you? God doesn't want us living in a state of confusion. He wants us moving in purpose. When we understand how short our time is here, we'll understand why God does not want us walking around confused. And as you seek wisdom, it will be very easy to understand what to do. Because you'll know what opportunities to take and what opportunities are for you because you'll know what God opportunities look like. But when you're just spending your time trying to create your own opportunities, trying to carve your own path, many are the plans in your heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so when you align yourself with that, you're able to walk in step with God and not waste a bunch of time and waste a bunch of energy, and waste a bunch of effort trying to figure it out. Jesus started by seeking wisdom. He didn't just get out here and start like, yo, I'm the son of God. I'm about to do, do God stuff. No. He said that he only did what his father told him to do. A close relationship. We see Jesus time and time again in scripture taking time to go and pray. Why? Because he needed wisdom to do what he was doing. He had the full power of God resting on him. Could do anything. He needed to know what to do. You have a ton of potential, a ton of ability. You need to know what to do because you can do a lot. We see that all throughout the world, all throughout society. People who have a ton of ability, a ton of talent, don't know what to do. They can spend their entire lives doing the wrong thing because they don't have wisdom. What would God be saying about you and about your life? That'll give you a heart of wisdom. If you're like, all right, God is really looking at this. If God was having a conversation about me and my life, what would he be saying to somebody? With Job, he, God actually had a conversation with Satan and said, have you seen Job? It's a righteous guy. Would God be saying that about you? You have every opportunity for God to be saying that about you. And it's not about works and just working to gain his approval. You have his approval when you've accepted his son. Then it's about making the decisions day in and day out to do what pleases him. That will give you a heart of wisdom and you will continually encounter purpose. Purpose is not a destination. Purpose can happen tonight. You will experience glimpses of purpose, encounters with purpose as you seek to serve. This is what Jesus came and said. He said that the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And he said, even the son of man, even Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve. 
He also said in another place in scripture that the student will not be greater than the teacher. So if Jesus came to serve, what do you think you're supposed to do? Serve. Our purpose is to serve the kingdom. This is the currency in the kingdom. It is our purpose. You will continually encounter purpose as you're seeking wisdom. And wisdom will show you to serve. That's what Jesus did. Go study Jesus's life. Every encounter that Jesus had, he was serving. In his teaching, he was serving. He was explaining the heart of God, explaining the kingdom of God, telling us what we needed to access eternal life. He didn't have to do that. He already had it. Jesus didn't need to do anything that he was doing. He did it for us. Jesus came to serve, and he even said the Holy Spirit was sent as a helper to aid us in what? Serving. You're called to serve. But so many of us are mastered by our gifts instead of mastering our gifts in order to serve. So many of us have our gift and this idea of purpose on this pedestal that we're chasing and we're saying, God, I want purpose, so I want you to lead me there instead of saying, God, I want you. And I understand that in you, you will bring me to purpose. And that is my purpose, to pursue you and you are gonna lead me to serve because that's your heart. God wants us to serve his kingdom. So don't let your gifts master you. So many of us have done that. We just serve our talents. We serve our gifts instead of taking our gifts and serving them to others. You are not to be enslaved to your talents and or enslaved to your abilities. You are called by God to serve him to serve his people just as he does that's what heaven's gonna look like everybody's serving that's what scripture says so if you plan on going to heaven I would get used to serving now because that's what's gonna happen when you get there you think that you're gonna get there and angels are just gonna be serving you all day like butlers that's not how it works that's why we got to read that's not what happens you will be served, but you're also called to serve. Jesus said the greatest among you is the servant of all. Are you the servant of all? Do you seek to serve everyone you encounter? Because God wants to serve everyone you encounter, and God wants to use you to do it. Ephesians 4 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So in this time where a ton of Christians are attacking the church, saying, I don't need church, the church does this, the church does that. I have my relationship with Jesus and I'm about to get out here and do my own thing. 
in that time, we need to understand what God's heart is. Jesus gave these leaders over the body. Some of you are called to those places and to those positions to equip. And some of you are called to be equipped for works of service. Not for the Forbes list. But that's what society's telling us. That's what so many of us are chasing. I've been there plenty of times. Now I'm here serving. Why? Because I found the actual place for fulfillment. Same guy who said, I never want to work for anybody, never want a job, want to do my own thing. Right here, serving. It's what I'm here to do. You think these messages just get downloaded in me as I walk on the platform? No. I'm studying, I'm praying, I'm seeking God to serve you. God, what do you want for your people? That's what I'm here for. To teach you about what God wants for you so that you can do what he's calling you to do and serve so that his body can be built up. The body of Christ. So many of us feel called to the world. Does he say to equip? Can we put that scripture back up there? I want us to read that one more time. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that, leave that up there. He doesn't say so that the world can be better. That the world could be a better place. He doesn't say that. It's not that he doesn't want things to be better. But what's his priority here? So that the body of Christ may be built up. You are called here to these people. The people on your right and your left, you are called to them with your gifting so that they can be built up because they are the body of Christ. Everyone else who's outside the body of Christ, we're called to invite in to the body of Christ that we're committed to. But so many of us, we get this rebel spirit in us that says, oh, I don't want to connect to the church. I just want to go to the world and tell them about the gospel and invite them where? The gospel is about inviting people into the body of Christ. If you step outside of that, you've stepped outside of your calling. And then you wonder why you're struggling and why it seems like you're striving to get everything done. Because Jesus is calling us to build up his body. And so your giftings are called to the body of Christ. Now, with that being said, I understand that that's a two-sided thing. One, you have to be willing to serve. Two, there has to be opportunity. And I think that what we've realized, even here in Victory, um, our pastor was talking to us this morning about how we want to extend opportunity for people to get involved and to serve and a lot of times we complain about spectator Christianity when many of us have created it. However, as change occurs 
And as opportunities open, you've got to be willing to be a part of it. And that is the ultimate expression of really understanding the kingdom of God. When Jesus says to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, that's what he's talking about, serving. And so I want to close with this story. A lot of us know it as the parable of the talents. A parable means a story that Jesus is using to explain a concept of the kingdom. And in this translation, it refers to talents as bags of gold, but I don't think it's a coincidence that one of the translations is literally uh, that that currency is talent. So Matthew 25, 14 through 30, in describing the kingdom of God, Jesus says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money, what God had entrusted to him to use, to serve. He said he called his servants and entrusted them with something. This man had one thing to invest. He went, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, his master replied, he said, master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your goal in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. What you gave me, I didn't do anything with it. Here are a bunch of excuses for why I didn't do anything with what you gave me. And it, oh, by the way, it's your fault because I knew how you got down. His master replied, you wicked lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. You should have done something regardless. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Now that's a hard ending of a story to hear, but it's the truth. It's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying he's calling all of us as his servants to say, look, I've paid the entire price for you to have access to everything that I have for you. We've learned about the kingdom, about what Jesus has available for us, healing, peace, comfort, the things that we so desperately need. He's saying we have access to it all. And what is he calling us to do? To serve others with what he's given us. But when we bury the wealth that he's put on the inside of us is displeasing to him. And what we learned early on in this kingdom series, in the first message is the arrival of the kingdom is good news, but we have to choose a side. Part of that is saying, Jesus, I'm choosing you as king, I'm choosing your kingdom, and I'm gonna do what that requires. I'm gonna participate in what you want. I'm gonna serve you as king and I'm gonna serve your people and I'm gonna store up for myself a treasure in heaven where nothing will destroy it. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can take it away from me. You have it reserved for me. As your child, I have an inheritance waiting on me because your word says that. So I will spend my time here serving your people and building up your people because it pleases you. You have an opportunity tonight. If you came in here, not a part of the kingdom of God, not having a relationship with Jesus, not seeking wisdom day in and day out, but searching to find fulfillment. And you're saying, I see the truth. God has opened up my ears. God has opened up my eyes. Something's happening right now. My heart is opening. That is God. That is Jesus Christ, the living God, moving in your life, opening your heart, saying, come, I want relationship with you, and come as you are. If you're saying, I want that right now, I'm not gonna spend any more days wasting my time. I'm not gonna spend any more time not having a relationship with you. If you're saying, I want that tonight, I want to leave here with a relationship with Jesus Christ and an inheritance in heaven. And I wanna spend my time, my talents, my abilities, my energy and my efforts serving him as he served me. I wanna invite you tonight. There's a prayer that I wanna pray with you and I want everyone to pray this along with us. And then we're gonna take some time to celebrate you. First, we're gonna pray. So if you'll repeat this prayer after me, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that purpose is only found in you. I believe that you have paid the price for my sins and my shortcomings and my flaws. And that you have the power to forgive me and to give me a new life. I receive that tonight. I choose to turn from my old life and to follow you. You are king of my life, leader of my life, 
you have authority over my perspective, over my opinion, over my circumstances, and over my life. I am your child, and I will walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, you can celebrate. So if you haven't been here, you don't know that here at Fusion, we take this very seriously. We believe that entrance into the kingdom, salvation is the best decision that you can make in your entire life. And we want to take a moment to celebrate you. Jesus said, when you acknowledge me in front of men, I will acknowledge you in front of my father and in front of the angels in heaven. But if you deny me in front of man, I will deny you in front of them. You have the opportunity tonight to say, I made a decision for Jesus. I'm following him from now till forever. I'll stand in this place and I'll stand outside of here for the rest of my life living boldly for Jesus. If you made that decision tonight, I want you to stand to your feet as we rejoice and celebrate you. I see you. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. We encourage you. Be bold. Be bold. You still have opportunity. If you made that decision, stand to your feet. We celebrate you. It's the best decision you can make in your entire life. We celebrate you. I want this moment to sink in for you. I want this moment to mean for you what it means to us and what it means to Jesus. This is not just a fleeting decision. This is a tipping point, a turning point. No turning back. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you, ready to teach you, ready to guide you, ready to protect you, ready to reveal himself to you as you pursue him. We wanna partner with you. And actually over, the, over to these doors, to my right, to your left, these back doors over here, all the way in the corner with the spotlight on it, <laughs> we are waiting for you. We want to meet you and we want to give you some next steps for what happens next because you can't do this on your own and we want to come alongside you. So we welcome you. And as we cheer one more time, we're going to give you an opportunity to head on out. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. I see some of y'all taking your sweet time, that's okay. For everyone else, um, I want us to take just a few minutes. We've done this a couple times in service, um, and I think it's really important, especially with a message like this that really challenges what's going on and causes a lot of thoughts. Jesus talks about us being in community and about us talking to one another. And I just wanna take a few minutes. It won't be super long. Uh, but we want to extend an opportunity for you to talk to each other, pray with each other, because the Bible says, confess to each other, pray with each other so that you may be healed. And so I want to take a moment for you guys to pray for each other and to encourage each other. Whether you're doing great at this or whether you're not, you need community. And we are about that here. And so we believe that this will be a good experience for you. Just get in small groups, three to five people around you, turn to some people, and I want you to answer two questions with the people around you. Don't be weird, and don't be trying to leave and be antisocial. If Jesus is king and Jesus says that this is what you need to do, 
talk to each other and be in community and support one another, that's what we're gonna do. So we have two questions that we're putting on the screen. First question is, what do you find yourself searching for most on a daily basis? Two is how can we pray for you? So I wanna pray real quick, and then I wanna let you guys discuss. Jesus, have your way in our discussions. Help us to be open, to be vulnerable, God, and to serve one another in this time as an opportunity to glorify you and to point each other to you and to spur one another on in our walk with you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.